Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-founder, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast, The Kevin and Fred Show, where once a week we bring to you a expert interview every single Monday. We interview one of the brightest and best in the world, usually in, in the real estate space, sometimes in technology, sometimes in entrepreneurship, sometimes just in forward thinking. The things that are going to help us learn to move forward are the things that we're interested in bringing to you on this podcast. So we don't keep it limited to just real estate agents. And I think you'll find that really valuable if you've been listening or if you're a new listener, all in the same. We also bring you once a week something we call industry headlines, which is a look at what is going on in the real estate world, what's happening in the mortgage space, what's happening in the technology space, bring that to you in a short form. 10, 15 minute podcast at the most once a week on Wednesdays. We're also a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate and mortgage podcasts. Check out that app in the app store. Again, that's industry syndicate. And if you would, please do us a favor, please, please, please leave us a review, download, subscribe, share an episode with a friend. We would love it. There is no better way to say thank you, except for maybe a real estate referral, because we are, after all, real estate agents, and we love real estate referrals. We're based in the Phoenix area and would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to The Kevin and Fred Show. Hey, it's Kevin and Fred. Do you have a referral for us here in Phoenix? There are 30,000 agents here that you could send them to. Why us? Well, for one thing, we'll keep you updated and you'll never have to track down your commission. We'll also make you look really good to your client. And best of all, it helps us keep all this content free. So go to kevinandfred.com slash referral to make the introduction. We'll take great care of them. Welcome back to the Kevin and Fred show. Today, my guest is a friend of mine. Her name is Tina Call. Tina is amazing. If you don't know Tina already, she's uh, not only a real estate agent, she leads a team uh, along with her husband. She is a coach. Uh, she's a mentor and so many other things. She's been in real estate for quite some time now. And one of the things I love about Tina is she just continues to grow and evolve as a person and as an entrepreneur. And maybe more importantly, definitely more importantly, she pays that growth forward by helping other people develop their confidence. Um, her own journey has been one of overcoming limiting beliefs. Uh, she's learned how to build a real estate biz- business and just continue to grow it and grow it and grow it and build her confidence. And she's even overcome her biggest fear by managing to evolve and always reinventing herself. She's created a huge, huge business. Uh, and so we got into many of those lessons here uh, on this on this podcast and this episode. Uh, a couple more things about Tina. She's the owner of The Call Group. She is a TEDx speaker. Uh, so you can look her up on YouTube or you can probably go to the TED Talks page, whatever. Type in Tina Call and look for her TED Talk or her TEDx Talk, if you will. She's awesome. She's a badass. We talk about Real estate, we talk about vulnerability, we talk about making sure your priorities are set, right? Who's the who and what is most important in your life and in your business. And we even talked about sex, mostly because she brought it up because there's no way I would have brought it up. And I tried not to blush while we were having that part of the conversation, but um, she's she's a powerhouse, man. And I think that you are going to love this episode. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Tina Call. All right, guys, we're back with the Kevin and Fred show. And today, my guest is my friend, Tina Call. Tina, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm 
awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you're here too. I'm glad we could get our uh, schedules to sync up. I know you're very busy. We see each other passing in the hallways from time to time. It, se- it feels like at different events. Uh, and so I'm glad we got the chance to slow down and kind of talk business and uh, d- kind of dive more into some of the cool stuff you're up to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm happy to, happy to help out. Well, Tina, let's do this. Tell, tell me, you've obviously been in real estate a long time um, and you've grown a huge business and learned a lot, but kind of, if you don't mind, can we go back to how, how did you get into When did you get in real estate and how, or, you know, what was the driving force to you starting your real estate journey? Yeah. So I was, um, I was two years into college actually. So I got, I got into the business when I was 22, if you can believe that. Um, 42 now, so 20 years later, it's all I really know. Um, I was in college and I wanted to be a therapist. I mean, that was really what I was wanting to be, therapist or social work. And my husband, Kevin and I, um, at the time he was my fiance, I met him at 16 and we got engaged and um, we were going to get married at 23, planning our wedding. And I kind of just said, you know what, I, I, let's buy our first house. And so we went out house hunting and the realtor that I had met at the time, Jill Bomarito, um, she, I did everything, you know, I, I hunted for the house. I searched for it. I had all these stats and she was like, you know, you'd be a really great realtor. And I said, well, that's nice, but I'm going to be a therapist. And so she hounded me for six months and she finally said, we'll pay for your license. Just go get your license. Come here. We want you to work at this brokerage. So I thought, okay, that's fine. My parents had flipped homes. They were always real estate investors. So I always had a little, you know, uh, I was exposed to the business, but um, I ended up getting my license in my first year in real estate. I think we sold like 30 houses um, at that time, 20 years ago. I was knocking on doors, FISBOs, expireds at the time. I didn't know, you know, how to start, but I Googled on the internet, how do you start your real estate business? And from there, it was history. I dropped out of college and never looked back. So, um, so my, my realtor gave me my start, my first That's- realtor. Awesome. I, I love that story. I, I didn't know that part. I did know, uh, I, I knew how long you had been in, um, but I did not realize that that was how you got there. Did, did Kevin start in the business with you right away too, or what, did that happen later? Oh, no. So he, um, so he bought me my first little laptop and my business card case and sent me on my way. And um, he, was in car, he was in car sales. So he was like a special finance um, guy. Oh, okay. so, so he kind of dropped out of, high, out of, not high school, out of college. Um, he wanted to be, well, he was thinking he was going to be a dentist. And then he decided the medical field wasn't for him. And his dad always sold cars. So of course we both literally jumped into sales. And the neat thing is, you know, as 22, 23, 24 year olds here, we're making 200, 300 grand a year in our twenties and our friends are still in college, you know? So, um, so we got such a head start in life because we were in sales and being very successful at an early age, both of us, um, you know, drove our lives a little faster than, than some of our friends as far as security. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, so basically um, I stayed a realtor for seven years in Michigan and um, I joined a coaching company. I, I, there was a lady in our area that just ran circles around us. Her name was Beline. and Beline, you know, as the market started tanking in 06, I had lost half my income and Beline still was going up. Her trajectory just was, was still, she was killing it. And so I found out that she worked with a coaching company. I joined that coaching company. My business doubled the next year. And I was, I, I surrounded myself by bigger thinkers joining this coaching. I was Mike Ferry um, coaching system at the time. And so I flew to, to um, San Diego. I remember it was my first exposure to high level 
top thinking agents, you know, and I'm going, oh my God, these agents are making millions of dollars. This is crazy. And so Mike was the first one that kind of taught me how to think big, right? Because I come from a very poor family. Um, I was the I was the, the the top earner of my family, you know, at the time in real estate with Kevin and I each making 150 grand a year per, each. Um, and so what Mike, you know, Mike said to me one day, you're not a tree, you can move. And if you have plans to ever get out of Michigan, which that was one of my dreams, now is the time to do it. And so in 2008 with my coach, uh, we made a one year plan that we were gonna leave Michigan we were going to move to a different state in the South because I wanted warmer weather. And so within eight months or nine months, we executed that plan and we moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. And we started our business over basically in uh, January, 2010, didn't know a soul and basically prospected our way to where we are today. Um, so 10 years ago, we landed in Raleigh, North Carolina at the time the market had started to crash, you know, oh nine hit 10, right? Yeah. So here we are like, hey, we're new here. Give us the corner office. I want the biggest office, I said to the, the owner. I'm like, I want a big office because we're going to crush it. And they looked at me like I had three heads. Like, maybe <laughs> we're new here. You know, you're new and the market's crashing. So um, so I remember those days were kind of tough. You know, we, we spent three, four hours a day prospecting, um, trying to build the business. But we were, we were pretty successful coming into this market and our business grew um, to the point where in two or in three years I had I had maxed out myself at 130 transactions personally with one assistant and Kevin um, so I was in burnout mode and yeah. I remember I picked up um, the MREA book and I thought okay well I'm gonna grow a team I got to treat this like a business right so so I, I hired two buyers agents and I had some time back some leverage, which was nice. And from there it started to, you know, I mean, I, there's a longer history there, but I, I, I left our Remax office and went to KW because of the book and because of growing teams. And now we're a team of 12, 13 agents. Um, I still last year did 94 transactions. So I'm trying to slow down. Okay. Whoa. Hold on a second. Hold the boat. So <laughs> yeah. you still did 94 transactions personally last year. Were those Mostly listings, all listings, like half and half. What, what was that? Mix Mostly like? listings. Yeah, seventy listings, thirty buyers. So I still, you know, kind of worked my database, and and um, a lot of it was referral. I, I wasn't prospecting anymore. I didn't need to because I had grown the the business. Um, and so as past clients would call, I would just work with them. So for me, I always say to sell hundred homes a year, I could do it with my eyes closed. Um, you know, it's it's a little under ten a month. It's not that hard. Um, because I had systems in place and I had, I never touched a piece of paper twice, you know, so I had the help and the systems to just be able to, to, you know, prospect for business, go on appointments, negotiate deals. And, and that's it. That's really all I did. Um, so, so yeah, so now I'm looking to leverage even more this year. I'm hoping I do 50 deals. Like I'm trying to actually cut back and the next year, none. <laughs> so I got, I got to say all, you know, all that. And I know you've got so much more going on too, which I want to talk about before yeah. we're done today, but um, gosh, that's huge. So, I mean, you guys, you and I were talking offline, like I knew you guys were already pacing at like 300, uh, you know, 350 plus transactions this year. And mm -hmm. so it's not like you're just selling a few homes. You guys, you guys are selling a lot. Um, how do you, where do you see the future of your, of your sales business going? And 
okay, you like you mentioned, maybe going back to 50, like, do you see yourself dropping any further than that as far as personal production? Or what what is your future role in that business look like as if it because if it can continues to grow? I mean, like, there's only so much that Tina can do. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think that, you know, going back, there's such an evolution of people are like, how did you do it? Well, you know, for me, it's different pain points. For you, it's different pain points. And we're good at different things. And so I knew I was good at getting my butt into the office at 730 in the morning. It was only myself in the parking lot and one assistant that was an assistant on another team. And she ended up becoming my assistant because she'd knock on the door and go, what are you doing in there? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm role playing. She's like, what is that? I said, well, I have five different role play partners a week from all over the country and we role play different scripts. And I said, and then I get on the phones from eight to 11 every single day. And so she was so impressed by that. And she's like, I want to work for you one day. I said, okay, great. I'm ready when you are. Um, so, you know, for, for me, it was um, because I have a high I personality and I'm a mid D and a little bit of S and no C. So I needed structure, you know? And so I found that if, if these agents over here were making money and they were highly structured and very consistent, consistency was key, then if I just duplicated that, I knew I had the skills and likability to get customers on my side. So, so when you grow the business and it's just you on the hamster wheel every single day, at some point, none of us can sustain that level. I don't care who you are, yeah. um, you just can't. And so I think the evolution of a realtor is, you know, you have, you're an individual agent, then you hire an assistant, then maybe a buyer's agent, then maybe two assistants, then maybe a couple buyer's agents, then maybe, you know, another admin or ops, you know, so you start to grow. And, and the only way to make more money in this business, which I always wanted to get to a higher level of income was to start building and growing. But what happens is your profitability starts tanking, you know, and, and goes down. I mean, I was way more profitable with myself, my assistant and two buyer agents than I am now with more, right? And so we're doing more deals and in order to sustain that profitability, um, I have to keep building the machine. And so my thing is I went from the pain point of I can't do more than 130, let me get some buyer's agents. Well, now all of a sudden I'm a leader. Well, great, how the hell do I do that? How do I lead these people? I, you know, I can't even lead myself, I have to, you know, so, so I'm trying to lead them and convince them to, you know, prospect. Well, they don't want to do that. They didn't sign up for that. They just want leads, you know? So now I, I realize that not everyone is built like me. Not everyone <laughs> has the same grit and I'm not going to find another team to call to join my team. So I'm going to find people that want more to be handed leads and then some mentorship. Um, but they're, I'm not going to duplicate what I did with one or two agents. Um, so I realized that very quickly, I needed to figure out how to be a leader. Um, I needed to figure out how to be a good boss. And um, so I think you start to hire more and more buyer agents and then things start to fall apart even more. And so I realized that I'm, I'm not as organized as I wanted to be and I needed um, the minutia and the, the systems to be covered by somebody else. So then I hired an ops manager because I read uh, Rocket Fuel and I realized uh -huh. I'm the visionary, but I don't have an implementer. Um, because I hate the systems. I hate it all. Um, I can, I can manage myself, but to make others do the things I want is not, my, not for me. So, so once I realized it's a business and you hire all of the infrastructure to, to build the machine, then I realized that in order to duplicate my business, I probably have to hire five more agents just to duplicate my business. And so that's where I am today is I did, I have, um, 13 agents now and my best producer will do 60 deals, then down to 50, 
40, 30. I mean, I have good agents on my team. And so I think to answer your question, how do I get out of it? I think it's just, you know, agent count goes up. But there was a shift, though, mentally for me. Um, when I met agents that were like me and wanted their name on the sign and wanted to grow like bigger than I was, I actually held back in hiring people like that because it intimidated me. I thought, here, I'm going to teach this, this agent everything I know, how to prospect, how to hunt, how to do this amazing listing presentation, how to make millions of dollars, and I know they'll leave me. And so, um, so that was my pain point is how do I recruit top talent well, they're not coming because they need to be newer because they're not going to give me 50-50 splits if they're top talent, right? Um, how do I get the rock stars on my team not to leave me? And then how do I ever give up my listing side of the business um, to my agents? I almost felt like I had to clip their wings the whole time and hope that they weren't as good as me. And I hated that feeling. And so, um, you know, when I left Remax and, and went to KW, it was more a money shift um, I wanted to save more money. And then, you know, finally, as you know, I ended up at uh, eXp. And so now that I'm here in this kind of a model, um, it's the first model that allowed me to be a leader all the way around. Like I can teach now people to grow above me and yeah. I don't care if they leave me because I'm going to push them out of the nest and cheer them on. Right. So, so that's where I'm at today um, in the business and the mindset. That's awesome. Do you ever see yourself kind of moving out of production or, or yeah. are you one of those like where you'll stay? I know so many people who just, they can't even fathom the thought of not taking three, four, five, ten 10 listings a month, whatever it is for yeah. them. No, yeah. I'm, I'm totally at 20 years. I'm burned out. Um, I don't get the same joy of taking a listing and selling the listing as I do as I just got a call literally before our podcast. Um, Katrina Higgins called me. She goes, I just got a FISBO for 800,000. She's a brand new agent. And so she's not even on my personal team, but to see that excitement, I remember those days and, and I miss that. And so having an agent join me and then growing them is way more exciting now. That's, oh, that's the passion. Those wins are so much better, whether it's someone on your team or, you know, for like, obviously we're, we're both at EXP Realty or somebody inside of our group who just yeah. kind of like, they see it, right? They get it, the they light bulb it. goes off, they get the FISBO yeah. or they get the uh, canceled expired or their sphere plan is finally working for them. It's so cool yeah. to yeah. see that, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, something that stuck out to me was, um, number one, obviously your, the, the rate at which your, your business has just grown, you've taken off, like, I mean, you guys are selling a lot of real estate, you know, 350, 400, 450, those are big numbers and kind of rarefied air when it yeah. comes to selling real estate. Um, but you also, one of the things that stuck out to me is like you, your passion is around helping agents, you know, think bigger and letting go of their limiting beliefs. Why is that important to you? You know, because growing up, I, I was the kid in the back of the room that felt stupid. You know, I was the, I was the adult, the young adult in a room where you know, I'm, I'm sitting around 40, 50 year olds. Now I'm 40 and I'm the old person in the room, but you know, as in my twenties, I'm sitting in a meeting, right. And I'm, and our leadership at the time is saying something. And in my mind, I'm screaming going, no, like I would do it this way, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the, the voice at the time and the courage to speak up because why would they want to listen to a 22 year old? You know, why would they want to listen to a 25 year old? And I would say that looking back on my life, I had this awful fear of public speaking and, um, and voicing my own opinion because I didn't have the confidence. Um, I could be confident in front of 
a buyer, a seller, because I had scripts. So scripts gave me confidence. That was another reason I loved Mike Ferry and the systems. But, you know, as a young adult, um, you, nobody teaches you to think bigger. Nobody teaches you that, that just because you don't have a college education and you don't have a, a doctorate in something that you can go on to achieve big things. And so as you start to, to study successful people, you realize that they come from all walks of life. You know, they, some have degrees, some don't. Um, some are high school dropouts and some are not. And so I think you, you go through life kind of going, you know what, I am freaking smart. I am a good business person and look what I've done. And, you know, and so I think that just takes time. And, and I tell all my, my team now, when I look at a 25 year old, I'm like, do not make the mistake that I did. Do not, do not, not listen to your voice and do not, not speak up, you know, like that you better speak up because what you have to say is important. And I learn something from them every day. I mean, these millennials, they're freaking smart. And so that is like, I want them to voice their opinion. Do not sit in a meeting and not raise your hand. So I actually push them um, out of their comfort zones. And one of the things that you and I talked about a little bit was my TEDx, right? So when I did the TEDx, the TED talk, um, and anybody who knows me knows that I have a, a, a fear of public speaking. And for the 10 years I was with the Mike Ferry organization, they asked me every year to be on stage, to do my listening presentation, to be on a panel. And guess what my answer was? No, I'm not doing it. Why? Because I'm going to have 4,000 people, 8,000 eyeballs staring at me. And what if I say something stupid and somebody judges me? What if I mispronounce a word or whatever, you know, just those dumb thoughts. Yeah. And so I was so afraid of looking stupid or sounding stupid that that fear just, just stopped me. And so last year in 2019, I said, this is my year of yes. If I get an opportunity to speak, I'm going to say yes. And so what's the damn first opportunity that hits me? TEDx. What? So, I know, right? So my friend comes to me, she goes, guess what? I got, I'm, I'm going to be a curating, I'm going to be curating a TEDx event. And I went, that's amazing. She's like, and I want you to speak. And I went, mm, yeah, yes, I think. I <laughs> that's yeah. so awesome. How, how awesome is it? Like, and how like fitting is it that you said no for so long? And then you like, you pre tell yourself like, here, my new set of rules is that I say yes. And the first that's opportunity cool. is freaking TEDx. Like that is, that's tell huge. It's huge. It's huge. Well, really, I said to her, I go, yes. And then I tried to back out. And I said, you know what, Stephanie, I, I'm not, you know, there's going to be people with doctorates on the stage. And what do I, and you know, I'm Googling now TEDx speakers. And I'm like, these people are smart. This is Simon Sinek. And these are like, Bill Gates is doing, te I mean, no, I'm not doing this. And she's like, this is ridiculous. You're doing it. And three days before the TED talk, I remember I was on stage and I forgot my words. And I just, you know, that's that, you just, you, you, and I'm looking at Stephanie and I'm just like, I'm disappointing her. Look at, I'm disappointing her now. I'm forgetting my speech. And um, you start to get in your head. And I almost backed out of it then. because She said, you can back out to the last minute. Um, but you know what? Now that I've done it, it's like, gosh, I conquered my biggest fear in life. And I was okay. And it was fine. And, and if you watch the TED Talk, there are two moments where I forget my speech. And I literally shifted. And I was like, oh, look how good I did, you know, at that moment that I forgot. Um, so it's not perfect, but nobody caught it except me and my husband who knows me the best. <laughs> I've, you know, um, that's pretty awesome. You know, one of the things I like about that, it, first of all, like you just mentioned, like you forgot your words or like, you know, I was like, you know, I could not imagine having to memorize, you know, word for word, 
and going off like that. Like that, that's definitely not my skill set. I know some people are amazing, give yeah. amazing talks like that. One of the people who's kind of one of my mentors from afar, he always says, you know, like he just doesn't know what's going to come out of his mouth. And the guy's literally a genius, co-founded Princeton Review, um, you know, advises hedge funds. And he always says like, you know, that's the wonderful part is I, I'm always curious what I'm about to say as well. And so he just never, doesn't ever let it get it. So, but I think, so I've always thought though, I've noticed that about myself years ago that when I was more scripted, if you will, yeah. outside of real estate, of course, like, but just talking or teaching, I felt like I always did worse. Like those were my worst speaking performances, if you will. Right. But when it was something I was just like, Hey, we're going to talk about this topic and I could just go with my knowledge because of my experience and what I had learned. Like I, I could just roll with it. And I've got to imagine that kind of kicked that part of that kicked in for you. Right. Is like, you knew yeah. your topic, like, even though you might've forgot your words for a moment there, you knew what you're talking about. You, you lived that. And, um, you know, it's something you've totally mastered. Well, and my speaking coach, cause they give you a speaking coach at the time. And I remember that day where she goes, calm down, you know, cause I would get really anxious. Um, cause we had to practice all the time in front of everybody that's doing their talks. And so it's very intimidating. And she said, calm down. Think of this, you know, the story, this is your life. Like you can't mess it up. It's your life. It's your story. Forget the words. And the minute she said, forget the words, I went, Oh, she's right. It's my story. And when I forgot the words on stage, I just kicked right into, I'm telling a story. Like I'm just shifting gears and I don't care if I mess it up, but I'm getting through this. And, and for me, like when I say scripts, I'm big on scripts because scripts in my twenties in my late twenties, early thirties scripts gave me confidence and they gave me a voice. And that's what I tell all my young agents right now. I'm like, these scripts may not sound like you, but once you internalize them, and you make them you and you don't have to practice them anymore and you know what to say, then you can make it you and it sounds natural and it gives young agents confidence. And that's all people want. They wanna feel confident when they go into a business transaction. Yeah. Um, now I don't really, I'm not using scripts, just the scripts are my dialogue. That's just what I know, right? So those are my normal conversations, which happen to start from scripts. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, I gotta, I gotta go backwards for a second on the, on the TEDx thing. So you, they gave you a, a coach. What was, what was having a, a speaking coach like? Um, well, you know, they, they, uh, they wanted you to, you know, look at your body posture on stage. You know, when you're talking and your arms are like this or closed off, you know, you're closed off. Like they wanted you to be more open and, and look at people. And it was just all about uh, coming from a position of power and confidence. And so um, it's intimidating having a speak, speaking coach, but you know, she would work on upswings, downswings, uh, tone, speed, um, you know, just where to enunciate words more. And so, I mean, yeah, it was really um, pretty awesome. And this lady coaches huge organizations, CEOs, when CEOs are doing speeches, um, you know, I guess there's a coach for everything. Yeah, I mean, there really cool. is. That's awesome. That's a, that's a cool story. I think it just goes to show too that like, I, I think it'd be really easy for someone to look at you like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of transactions every year. Number one team, I, I believe you're number one team for all of EXP inside of, uh, in North Carolina, which is yeah. by the way, one of our larger states, like there's thousands and thousands of EXP agents there. I mean, you've got just basically award after award that you have a, in, in accomplishments that you've created and gotten over the last 20 years. It's really easy to look at you and be like, yeah, she's got it all together. But then when I hear you talk about something so basic, like scripts gave me confidence and they help and scripts help give me a voice too. Like those are the things that if you got your license yesterday, 
you should be looking at those things, right? And it's easy to look at you and go, yeah, she's got it all together. And then yet you go back to that something so basic that to me, that's just telling of, of the fact that you know that when you master those things that are really basic and ordinary, that's how you, that's actually how you actually build something really big and do something really big. Right, right. And I think that, you know, people are just so afraid to be vulnerable and they, they put other people on a, on a pedestal. And my whole TED talk was about the fact that I used real estate as an analogy that, you know, when I was younger, I felt like I was a shack and I was surrounded by mansions, right? I would look at others and go, wow, they're so smart. And man, Susie just gets an A on her test every single time. And I wish I was like Susie. And looking back at Susie's life now, I, I'm glad I'm not Susie, right? So she may have got an A on her math test, but I had something different. I had grit, determination, never give up attitude, and I would never change my past. And it was, it was great. It was a great lesson. So um, I think that we all, you know, we all look at other people and go, they're prettier, they're smarter, they're faster, they're skinny, whatever. And, but we don't know their, their mindset. And so you got to just use what you have and make it the best it can be. And, and for me, the key in life is confidence. Everybody needs to become a good salesperson. I don't care if you're in sales or not, you're always selling to someone. Yeah. Everyone, you ever, we're all in sales. I don't care. I, that was, I know that was my struggle when I got into real estate was I really, I legitimately, I had a hard time selling and, or thinking of myself as a salesperson. And, you know, it took a, you know, I had an experience at a, um, I don't know, like a personal development event where I had to sell, but it wasn't for me. It was like, it was literally for a charity for funds we were raising. And I had to, but I had to go way outside my comfort zone. And like, that's the thing is we're all, we're all selling and we're all, we all have these insecurities. We all yeah. have these things that we wish we were better at, or we, you know, yeah. did this or did that. And the reality is, it's like, just be you. I love that you said that you don't like, you gotta, you gotta be yourself. You gotta be the best version of you as cheesy as that sounds. Well, it sounds cheesy, but you, you can't be anyone else but yourself. And, and I think again, and be vulnerable, you know, be vulnerable to know that you're not perfect. And I think there's nothing more attractive in a human um, re regardless if there's somebody that you look as, as, as powerful or a bum on the street, you know, you just got to be vulnerable and, and accept where you're at and, and where you want to go. And, um, and even asking questions, I think the biggest difference between successful people and people that we would deem maybe unsuccessful is successful people ask questions. They seek out other successful people and they go, Hey, how did you do that? You know, I was always one that I would just pick up the phone and go, Hey, Kevin Kaufman, how do how do you do that? And so, and I'm glad that I wasn't shy in that way, but I just figured I, I need to know the answers from the people that are doing it versus having an ego and thinking I know everything and I'll just figure it out on my own. Okay. Well, good luck, but I'd rather just go right to the top and go, how'd you do it? What, how did you fail and what can I avoid? Um, so I always, I always encourage my people to ask a lot of questions. You know, you just said something else too, that struck me, believe it or not, same, same seminar, if you will, or personal development event I was at. Um, you just said that you got, we got to accept, you got to accept where you're at. And there, there was this, um, exercise, which I will not go into detail on, but anybody who's been through Clemmer and Associates knows this one, uh, and it's, it was called like, this is it. And I'm satisfied. And just, you know, this is it. This is where I'm at. Where, you know, my decisions, my actions, et cetera, my thoughts have all led me to where I'm at right now. And I got to, you know, in your words, I've got to accept where I'm at. And I, I love that because most people that I know aren't where they're, where they want, where they truly want to be. Yet, if we're ever going to get to that, what that is, we've got to accept where, where we are right now. I think that's just the truth uh, of life. 
Agreed. Agreed. I mean, that's just, I, and I always look at, you know, um, I, I read a book years ago. I'm trying to think it was um, Earl Nightingale. I forget the book, but he, you know, he had, I don't know if you know who Earl Nightingale is. Um, I, I don't, not super well, but I'm, I'm familiar with him for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, he just, I, it, it stuck out in my mind and he was basically saying, you know, um, if you're going to hop onto a vessel or a boat or a ship or whatever, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have a roadmap of where you're going. And most people just let life happen to them. And I heard this 10 years ago and I'm like, God, he's so right. You know, I need to plan out my next 10 years. And we actually, what's crazy is when you plan out your life, almost everything that we wished for and wanted came true. And so I'm a huge believer of manifestation. I mean, I'm, I don't think, oh, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich and then take no action. But I think that, you know, accept where you are today and then plan out your next five, 10 years. I mean, some people are like, I can't do that. It's just exhausting. I'm just living day to day. Okay, that's fine. But the 10 years are going to go by. So why not just have a plan and see if you could execute it? See if it happens. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a planner. And, and even the next five years for me is planned out. And whether it happens that way or not, I guess we'll see. But, um, but yeah, I, I do think you need to have some vision and goals around what you're, what you're doing every day. So when you say that, like, you, let's say I'm an agent on your team or, or someone you're coaching or just a friend um, who, who, you're, who you're helping mentor or something, if someone says like, or I say to you, you what do you mean by plan out? Like, how do I plan out my next five years? How do, you, how do you begin to describe that to somebody who's never thought like that before? I think, you know, for me, I start, I start really small. So let's plan out your day to day. Okay. So let's okay. start, you know, if, if we're going to plan out five years, what are, what's the action steps day to day that's going to get you to the three month goal, to the one year goal, to the two year goal. And so it's, what are your daily activities that you're going to do every day to get you, move you forward? So mine is master your morning. You know, you got to get up in the morning and you, you know, whether you do, you know, everyone's like, oh, I journal and I do, if you do that, great. Um, I don't do that in the morning. I'm just like, I'm not a morning person, but I get up and I try to work out. And sometimes it's hit or miss is three days a week versus the five I want, but I do my best to just get up and be ready. Um, and, and then I get to the office at a certain time and then spend those three hours moving your business forward. I don't care what my agents do, as long as they're on the phones for three hours, calling past clients, you know, emailing, doing something that's generating an income. Um, versus servicing. So we really focus on generating income in the morning and then they do their lunch and then they go on appointments. And so it's really that simple, just that consistency of five days. And then if your goal is for me, it's always for them, six appointments a week, you know, you're going to cancel two, you're going to go on, you know, go on three and, and maybe take two or go on four and take two, just, you know, trying to get a listing a week is the goal. So four listings a month for them and then two or three buyer transactions in between. Um, so if they do that consistently at the end of the year, what does that bring you? What is your goal? And then you do a three, a two year, a three year, a four year goal with a 20% increase in volume. Um, and then what kind of money are you going to save? What are you going to buy with that money? Let's have a, let's have a fun goal at the end of the year that you're going to buy a, I don't know, Louis Vuitton purse, if that's what you want and whatever drives them. Um, and then vacations, let's plan out your vacations. When are you going to actually take a break? So let's plan vacation slots. Let's plan the days off. Let's plan what Christmas looks like. Um, everything is just very planned and in a schedule. And so that way they know what their year is going to look like and potentially their five-year goal, whether it's a savings account. Every year I plan to save 50 grand and buy one rental property. Great. Let's just plan to build wealth and, and, and have a great life. Um, 
So that's kind of what we do with them on a yearly basis. And then we break it down to monthly, weekly, and daily. That's huge. I, I want to point something else too. Uh, th- by the way, thanks for sharing that process with me. I think that makes it easier for someone to chew on uh, and, to, and to think about how they can incorporate. But I also, I want to highlight something you just said. Like You just said, um, if you journal, great, good for you. I'm not a morning person. And I, the reason I want to highlight that is because I think especially in our industry, especially where you and I ran in some, some the same circles before, prior to coming to EXP Realty, and it, you know, it's just prevalent, I think, with high, pro, highly productive people too, um, and maybe, maybe more so males than, than females, even to an extent of this, like, you've got to be a morning person, you got to wake up and you got to do this. And, you know, this whole like journaling and meditation, and don't get me wrong, like, I still want to learn that. In fact, one of my guests recently, who I think highly of, like, recommended this, like, yeah. it's a totally different thing. And so I'm still exploring that and looking into that myself. But I think the thought process that you have to be a morning person, and you have to journal, or you've got to do all these things that are truthfully more just pop culture bullshit in my opinion than anything you know i've never been a morning person i'm still successful i'm not oprah and i'm not all these people that meditate i mean my husband meditates like he's transcendental meditation and and you know he wakes up and he does his meditation upstairs in the room and i've tried it and it's fine i just i'm actually more productive at night i have the best ideas at night when i'm finally in bed and i don't know why but i have a notebook by my bed sometimes i'll wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden just start recording something because it's just such a great idea that I don't want to forget. And so, I mean, whenever, whenever the thought comes, it doesn't matter when, I'm just going to take advantage of it. So I can't say it's morning and it's journaling. I mean, I have journaled and I am very thankful and I go through some of those processes, but it's not a daily routine that is like, it has to be this way or, or nothing, you know? Have you ever, um, you just sparked something else. Have you ever looked into like chronotype and like there are just flat out some people that are more productive in the later part of the day and even into the night. Um, yeah. And there's different, so there's this thing called chronotypes, which I have not explored a whole lot. Uh, so I don't want to make it sound like I, I'm an expert expert on it. I'm, I'm not. What I do believe though, is like, there's not just one way to be successful and it doesn't start with this plan at 4.30 in the morning right? No. You don't have to be Tony Robbins to be successful. Um, yeah. Nothing so. ever starts at 4.30 in the morning for me. <laughs> Good for you, right? I exercise and just, my brain's just not awake at that time. I mean, it, in a perfect world, I would love to wake up at eight o'clock every day, but that doesn't happen either. So I'm a between six, six and seven, you know, at some point, that's naturally when I'm going to wake up, um, probably closer to seven. But now in the, in back in the day though, when I was building the business, it was, I was in the office every day at 7.30. So I woke up at 6.30, had my cup of coffee, got into the office. It was very much structured because I had a goal and I had to get to that goal. Um, but now it's a little more loosey-goosey because I own the place and I can do a little more. You know, <laughs> you know the boss really well now. So really well. And plus I have a boss that runs the whole thing. So she runs the show and that takes the pressure off me. That's awesome. I think that's a key point too is you know, you get to, you get to a point where you can be, you can be as successful as you and realize like, Hey, there's just some parts of this business that I'm not the best person to be doing. And in fact, like I have a job, I always look at it as like, I have a job in my own business and I need to show up and do my job just like everybody else from the virtual assistant to every other agent on the team to the yeah. transaction side of things. I don't care who you are. We, we all have a job and I've got to show up to do mine and contribute to, to the business in the way that brings the most benefit. 
Yeah. And I mean, I know my flaws. I'm, I'm one that I, I love to be coached. Um, tell me I'm not doing something right. Tell me I can do something better. I'm not one of these power horse bosses. Like it's my way or the highway. No, I want to, at the end of the day, I'm going to have the final say, but I want to hear everybody's opinion. Um, but I just thrive on, on having a vision for something. And I always, I, I realize myself, I always have to have a bigger goal that's bigger than just numbers on a sheet, you know? So like, cause right now I don't need the money. I don't have to have this money to survive. We've been really, really blessed and the investments that we've made and the money that we saved were highly profitable in our business. Um, you know, we, we bring in 3 million in GCI, we keep 800,000, I'm proud of that. Um, I know looking at big teams, you know, you dissect it and they're making three, 4 million, they keep 200 and it's like- If mm, that. If that. <laughs> yeah. And so we're very cheap, we're very profitable. Um, and, and I want my agents now to be very cheap and very profitable and build great businesses. So, um, so we don't have it all figured out, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we work, we all work well together. That's awesome. Well, so I, I want to ask you one kind of parting question. And then before I get to that, you know, is there anything else that we should have covered that you want to talk about or something I should have asked you that I, for somehow some reason missed? Hmm. I mean, no, I think we're having some fun. <laughs> cool. Um, so this is one of my favorite questions. I stole it from from another podcast host that I love uh, listening to from time to time, uh, Dave Asprey. And it's just this. So Tina, what are your top three pieces of advice for kicking more ass? So someone comes to you, it doesn't matter. They might be an agent. They might be a friend, but they just, I want to kick more ass in life. Like what are your top three pieces of advice? I think uh, for, for me, I mean, personally, I think if you're in a relationship, um, I think that if you're cohabitating with other humans, whether it's your kids or your spouse, right? Um, that has to be whole. That has to be the number one priority is to worry about your home life. Because if your home life is a, home life is a disaster, you're, you're going to work all day and never want to go to your sanctuary. Your home should be your sanctuary. And so I think a lot of us, especially in the real estate business, I know because I have lots of realtor friends, we're either workaholics and we just constantly are worried about growth and money. And our spouse, man or woman, feels like nothing's more important than money and growth and all that. And I've been guilty of that. You know, it's like, hey, I'm over here. It's not just about another deal or work. So I would say the first thing is development of relationships. Go buy a book and read about it. I mean, I, I think it's hilarious that people would spend a lot of money on you know, so development in business, but what about family life and, and being a better mom, dad, or partner? Um, so I would say that, um, and I joke with my female friends, I'm like, having more sex with your spouses is key, with ladies. <laughs> happy, happy husband, happy, happy life. So I know that's crazy probably to say in, in public, but I think that's true. And so have more sex, people. <laughs> That's awesome. Top, we could probably just stop there. Top three pieces Stop of advice. It. Have more sex, have more sex, have more sex. There here you go. It, it, I think, you know, we just had this whole girls weekend. And it's amazing to me that um, there are so many problems in marriages right now because, you know, part of the physical, you know, from a man is they just want to have that love and that union. That's love to them. And for women, it's different. It's emotional. So once women understand that about their spouses, I think a lot of things will be healed in the relationship. So, so number one, fix your family life. Number two, um, fix your own mindset. You know, stop worrying about your spouse or somebody else making you happy. Your team's not going to make you happy. Your husband's not going to, or wife is not going to make you happy. You're either just happy or you're not. And so I think that 
you know, nothing in life is going to bring you happiness. I remember when I thought, God, if I bought a big house, oh, that makes me so happy. I want a nice car. I want to buy a Louis Vuitton. And what I realized, I just wanted to know that I could afford those things and that I had security behind them. So now that I could go buy a $10,000 purse, that is the dumbest purchase you could ever make, <laughs> ever. In fact, I bought like five fancy purses as I started to get really successful and I sold three of them. I only have two left and that's it. I don't need that, that, that validity anymore to say, I have this bag, look at me. So, so I would say, um, check yourselves on that. I mean, what truly brings you happiness? Um, for me right now, it's evolved, but now it's freedom. Um, I, I want to walk on this earth when I want, where I want, without having worry of somebody else needing me for my time. So it's, it's life, happy, um, family, freedom for me. Um, check yourself on your own happiness. And then number three, I mean, if we go to business, you know, study successful people. They, they're, the thing about successful people is they're consistent. That is the key. They ask questions and they're consistently doing something. They don't do something for two days and then stop for two months and then do you're just not going to have success that way in any business. You just have to keep, keep knowing more about your craft, whatever it is. If you're a dentist, you better know every damn thing there is about, you know, being a dentist. So I don't know anything about being a dentist, but I sure as hell know how to be a realtor. And I can go out today and get a listing and make 10 grand. And I can do that every day because I learned it, but it was a skill I spent a lot of time learning. Um, so, so don't half-ass it. If you want to be the best, well, you got to put in the time. And so, um, so those are my three, if those made sense. <laughs> yeah, that rock, that was powerful. That was, <clears throat> gosh, that was really powerful. But, okay, so uh, for the people that aren't connected with you, that haven't uh, followed you or connected with you, what's the best way for people to do that? How can someone catch up with Tina Call? Uh, well, we're on Instagram, just at call group, C-A-U-L group. Um, Instagram, uh, I guess Facebook, we're maxed out on friends. So you'll have to follow me on Facebook, just Tina Call. But yeah, follow us. You know, we have some fun. Awesome. Tina, this was really uh, awesome. I appreciate you taking the time out and sharing with us here on the podcast. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of this. I did. I can't wait to go back and uh, re-listen with my notes. And so thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on the honor. My yeah. pleasure. And uh, thanks everyone for listening and tuning in. I know you enjoyed this and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Perfect. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty, and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.